Our reading today is from Luke chapter 4, verses 36 to 49. While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. He said to them, Why are you troubled? Why do your doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see me. A ghost does not have flesh and bones, as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And while they still did not believe it because of joy and amazement, he asked them, Do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of boiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. He said to them, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, This is what is written. The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance forgiveness, and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations. Beginning at Jerusalem, you are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my father has promised. But stay in the city until you have, clothed, you have been clothed with power from on high. Just yesterday, somebody asked me if I'd had a good Easter. And I looked at them a little bit blank for a minute whilst I thought, gosh, that was ages ago, wasn't it? Because whilst it was actually two Sundays ago, was Easter Sunday, it actually feels like a lifetime ago. Now, I know Easter isn't confined to just Easter Sunday, and we're still in Easter time, but it feels like it's been and gone, and people barely noticed. I mean, we did notice, we were all here for all the services, but for me, I kind of feel as though I missed a little bit of Easter. Now, by that I mean that perhaps, maybe, and maybe you agree with me here, we didn't always let the enormity of what happened at Easter really sink in properly again. You see, Jesus' death and resurrection are the absolutely most important events in all of history. The greatest person ever to have lived was nailed to a cross for the sake of humanity. He paid the price for all the ways we mess up and he rose to life again, beating death and giving us all the chance of a new hope um, with him now and a new hope in the future, which is absolutely, truly amazing. And the biblical accounts of the resurrection of Jesus contain a mixture of that amazement and delight, but also a little bit of discouragement. You see, just as news of his resurrection caused an incredible amount of joy among some believers, others lacked hope. Luke tells us that on the very day of the resurrection, as word of his presence swept through Jerusalem, two downcast disciples were wandering, were walking towards Emmaus. We looked at that last week. And they were trying to forget the whole matter, I imagine. And then they realised who Jesus was. And they went and told the other disciples, whose first response was to think that Jesus was a ghost. You see, Easter came and people missed it. It happened in Jerusalem. It happens where we live. It happens every year. Jesus rose from the dead and not even all of his former followers immediately recognised his presence because some people always seem to miss Easter. So what about you? For whatever reason did you miss Easter this year? 
Now, don't misunderstand my question. I'm not asking if you were here or not. But whether you experienced the resurrection for the first time or the 50th time or whatever, you see, we don't have to be away from church on Easter to miss it. Just as people in Jerusalem didn't have to be out of Jerusalem to miss the risen Jesus. Because sometimes we're so familiar that we don't really let how amazing this news is sink in. Maybe we forget how good the good news is. You see, maybe we listened to the reading of the resurrection and we failed to really grasp the meaning for our lives Maybe we identify with someone who was noted to say, God forgive me, this year I I have not felt Christ rise. On the other hand, maybe you did. Maybe you truly experienced Easter as if it was the first time, but humour me a little. I wonder if if we really truly grasp the meaning of it all. I wonder if we've really allowed its significance to sink in and to change our lives. I wonder if we're living a life full of hope based on the good news of the risen Jesus. I wonder if we're like the followers in that room that day who didn't quite believe what they were seeing at first. The first people to see the risen Jesus didn't grasp the significance straight away. They didn't immediately figure out what was going on. Jesus appeared to a woman who intended to anoint a dead body. She didn't have the slightest suspicion that Jesus might be alive. He appeared to the two travellers on the road to Emmaus, who were simply trying to pick up the pieces of a shattered faith. And the disciples so didn't expect the resurrection that even when Jesus walked into their midst, people refused initially to believe what they saw. None of the resurrection appearances were marked by dramatic settings or impressive greetings, Jesus was mistaken for a gardener. He walked along a dusty road. He walked along a shoreline watching disciples to fish in another account. He simply came to people in the midst of their ordinary everyday things. We don't have to see an empty tomb in a garden in Jerusalem for to know the reality of the risen Jesus. You see, he comes to our world, to us. He comes to us in good times, in bad times. In the face of our worries, when we're happy, he comes to people of faith and he comes to people who have doubts. He comes to us where we are and we can meet him anywhere. So the question really for us is, whether we miss Easter or not, is whether we're changed by Easter. And I wonder if we are or not, because we've not really quite grasped its significance I want you to imagine you're in that room with the disciples. You've got all the evidence of the risen Jesus. You can remember the words that he spoke again and again, saying the Son of Man must undergo great suffering, be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, the scribes, and be killed, and on the third day be raised. You've seen the stone rolled away. You've seen the empty tomb. You've seen the angels in the dazzling clothes. You remember what he told you, the same thing again. You even have two disciples come and tell you that they'd walked with Jesus and eaten with Jesus on the road to Emmaus. Imagine having all that evidence in front of you. And then you've got him right there too. And at first you don't believe it because you mistake him for a ghost. And I wonder if that's because they didn't quite grasp its significance. 
Those followers of Jesus had had their hopes completely shattered. They'd had their ambitions dashed. Their life as they knew it was over and they wanted answers. They'd believed that Jesus was the one. They believed he was the Messiah, but they saw him die, so how could that be? And then when he appeared to them, he had to prove that it really was him. And so he ate something. Before he was crucified, a lot of his encounters with people were around a meal table. And so it's quite fitting that he used food to show people that he really was real. It really was him. He really was alive again. They didn't believe it at first, but then they were convinced. When they'd heard his voice, when they'd seen him eat and drink. But they didn't initially recognise it because they were still living and thinking within human limitations. They were ignoring the fact that Jesus can do absolutely anything. They're still thinking about things on a human level and not leaving room in their understanding for this to be God at work instead. And sometimes we make that same mistake. We deny ourselves the life that God intended for us because God is so much greater than we could ever imagine or grasp. And we limit what he can do. God works in this world in ways that we can't even begin to understand. And so to live as Christians in this world, we need to make sure that we do so truly accepting that full well the resurrection happened. And because of that, we live in a new reality. The same flesh and bones, the same hand and feet, hands and feet which appeared to the two disciples on the road to Emmaus now was there in that room with the disciples. The resurrection, resurrected life of Christ, it seems, is revealed through the created order. On the one hand, Jesus has a real body. On the other hand, is not subject to natural laws of time and space. It's one, it's not one or the other, it's both. It's a new reality, and that new reality we have too. But the problem is we limit, we limit our understanding because we miss out on the resurrected life, the life that we can have through Jesus, because we think about our fears and our sorrows, and we're sometimes hesitant to trust God with absolutely everything. But when we truly accept the significance of Easter, absolutely everything changes Think about this. His first followers uh, didn't really believe it at first, but he told them in advance it would happen. They seemed to miss Easter at first. But then he gave them this command. He told them, and he tells us now, to let people know about it. He told to tell people that he rose from the dead. And that brings me to my next question. I wonder how many people in Horsham missed Easter? And in fairness, they weren't necessarily looking for it, not more than chocolate eggs or fast cars in the town centre. But whether they were or not, Jesus died for them. And the thing is, whether they were looking for the real meaning of Easter or not, whether they were looking for a risen Jesus or not, Easter still happened. Jesus still died for them. Jesus still rose from the dead for them. Jesus still offers them and, of course, us the hope of a new start and everlasting life. And if they don't know, which some people genuinely don't, then it's our job to tell them. George Sweeting, I'm pretty sure I've shared this story before, but George Sweeting in his book, The No Guilt Guide for Witnessing, 
tells of a man by the name of John Currier, who in 1949 was found guilty of murder and sentenced to life in prison. He was later transferred and paroled to work on a farm near Nashville. And in 1968, his sentence was terminated and a letter bearing that good news was sent to him. But he never saw the letter. It never got as far as him and he was never told anything about it. Life on the farm was hard and without promise for the future, but he kept doing what he was told. Ten years went by and then a state parole officer learned of his situation. He found him and he told him that his sentence had been terminated. He was a free man. And Sweeting concluded that story by asking, Would it matter to you if someone sent you an important message, the most important message in your life, and year after year the urgent message was not delivered? We have a message to deliver. Verse 47 in the New Living Translation tells us, There's forgiveness of sins for all who repent. That is the message that we have to offer. And that word repentance is not so much saying sorry for the wrong things we've done, but it's about a complete change, a total reorientation of life around the message and the mission of Jesus. It's going all out for Jesus. It's living the life that God intended. And it's about being released from all ties. In the sense of Jubilee, where slaves were released, debts were cancelled, land was returned to the original owners and new equitable liberated society gave a fresh start for everybody. The characteristics of justice, peace, inclusivity and grace that are also part of the message of God's love throughout the gospel need to be kept in mind as Jesus calls his disciples to be witnesses of this message of repentance and forgiveness. Luke 24:48 says, You are witnesses to these things. The first followers of Jesus, who could barely believe what they were seeing, were told to be witnesses to these things. In time, they preached the message of repentance and forgiveness in words, yes, but also through their actions. In building a community that reflected the new alternative society that Jesus proclaimed. But here's the thing, the fact that the disciples were witnesses doesn't mean they had all the answers. It means they had the life that Jesus wanted to give them. They were witnesses based not on what they knew, but on who they were, on how they lived, and most importantly, their uh, relationship with the risen Jesus. They had a very real transforming hope for this world too. Jesus has shown them that enemies could learn to love one another and that the worst of betrayals could be forgiven, that oppressive empires uh, could not destroy God's reign, and that the resurrection life they'd encountered was, um, and they began to experience flooding through them by God's spirit, which Jesus told them to wait for, gave them hope and courage to continue living this peaceful, inclusive, generous, forgiving and compassionate life. You are witnesses to these things. It was said to the disciples and it's said to us now. The significance of Easter is so important and it's our job to let people know. Now that can be a really daunting task. But you know, there's always that saying that says God needs our availability, not our ability. Because the availability of the weakest is better than the unavailability of the able. If we're willing to be used by God, just like that song said, we don't need to be superheroes, we don't need to be super brave because God can do anything. 
Just think about the disciples. Peter and the other disciples, they were willing to follow Jesus straight away. He didn't look for people who were professionals. He didn't look for people who were educated or good-looking or whatever. All he asked for was obedience. All they had to do was follow him. And all they had to do was trust him with their futures. We're not asked to act out of character. We're not asked to become holier than thou or use long words to tell people the error of their ways. Goodness knows there's enough people out there to do that. We're just called to love people, to show them the difference that Jesus makes to us personally, to show them the difference Easter makes. And to do that, we need to make sure that we didn't miss Easter. We need to make sure that we know deep down in our hearts that Jesus rose from the dead and that changed absolutely everything. We need to live lives that speak of that. We're living in a new reality because of Jesus, one where sinners and outcasts and anyone and everyone matters to God. We need to make sure we're not living as though Easter never happened, but instead we're trusting in a living God who draws near to us and will be with us through thick and thin. We need to make sure that the people of Horsham, or wherever we find ourselves day by day, didn't miss Easter. And to finish off, I found a quote that I quite like, and it says, A good witness isn't like a salesman. Emphasis there is on a person rather than a product. A good witness is actually like a signpost. It doesn't matter whether it's old, young, pretty, ugly. It has to point in the right direction and be able to be understood. We are witnesses to Christ. We point to him. It doesn't matter who we are or what we do or who, however many people we meet day by day, God is just looking for our availability and our willingness to tell others about him. And you know, whilst we tell people about the empty tomb, whilst we believe in it ourselves, it's not just enough to believe in it. At some point, we have to move from the event of the resurrection to actually allowing it to change our lives. He says to us, you are witnesses to these things. Tell it to others. Live it out. Become it. The resurrected life is yours. You are witnesses. We are witnesses. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for all that you did um, through your son Jesus. We thank you that because of Easter Sunday that we can have a new hope in you. And Lord, help us to live that out in the way that we are with each other, in the way that we are with the world around us. Help us to be good witnesses for you. Amen.